do you ever feel like the work that you're putting into your kids is for nothing? The diapers that you've changed, the hundreds of meals that you've made while your kids whine and complain to you, the fact that you're having a hard time keeping your house clean. Maybe you're just worn out from the day-to-day demands of motherhood. Today, I'm going to speak directly to that topic. Mom, you are irreplaceable. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. Well, I'm glad you guys are here today, and uh, you know that I have a heart for moms. This is the whole reason that we began um, a Bible study ministry aimed at mothers uh, about five and a half years ago now. That's at Mom Strong International, and I want to encourage you guys to find me there. You can follow me at Mom Strong International every single month. We release a brand new study, and right now we're working our way through the book of Hebrews, really talking uh, about the issues that were being raised in that in that particular time, these these were a people that were really struggling with whether or not they could follow God with their whole heart. A lot of them were being pulled into false religions. They had accepted that Jesus Christ was the Lord, but then uh, other people would come and sort of pull them back into the paganism of the day, or even into Judaism. And so it's a wonderful look at uh, what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. And that's what we're doing right now. We're going through the book of Hebrews, starting the first Monday in February. And this is how we always do it. We release a brand new study on the first Monday of every month. This new study that we are releasing, I am very, very excited about because it really does touch on something that's very important to me. And that is to love and nurture and honor mothers and the vocation, really, that is motherhood. And I've been telling moms for decades now that if your goal is to be, you know, if your highest ambition of in life is to be a wonderful wife and a wonderful mother, it's enough. It really is enough. And I think sometimes we don't feel like it's enough. Sometimes we forget why it's so important that we are um, listening to and walking with God in the midst of it, because you are the mom in the midst of it all. Your role with your children really is life-sustaining. It's more than just life-giving, right? Mothers are life-givers, which is another reason why the woke agenda is so frustrating to me as a, as a Christian, but it's certainly frustrating to me as a woman to see these men, you know, masquerading around as women in these clownish, buffoonish outfits <laughs> trying to tell us how to be women and what, what it means to be a, a woman. And it's impossible to encapsulate, I think, how exponentially important your role becomes as your children get older, as they begin to have families of their own, as you begin to have grandchildren, you realize that all this time when you were changing diapers for years and you were you know, breaking up your kids with sibling fights and you were listening to your kids tell you that they didn't like the chicken chili that you just spent two hours making, all of those things, homeschooling, all of it, you realize when your kids get older that all of those years that you were putting into your children, what you were really doing was raising parents for your grandchildren. And it's easy, isn't it, to lose sight of why we're doing what we're doing. And so for the month of February, a lot of times in February, uh, we, you know, we do studies on love. We talk about what it means to have the love of God, what's the difference between worldly love and the love of God. A lot of times we focus on marriage, but this time in February, I just felt really drawn to remind mothers 
that the role that they have really is irreplaceable. And if you're a dad who's listening to this, this is an awesome opportunity for you just to encourage uh, that woman in your life who's raising children and just say, hey, everything that you're doing right now is going to yield an eternal dividend. In other words, it's worth it. The nights that you go to bed and you're just so tired, you can hardly lift your head off the pillow and you wonder if anything that you even said is going to stick. I'm here to just bear witness and testimony in my own life that none of my homeschool days looked perfect. Well, that's not true. Every once in a while, we had a perfect day. (laughs) At least it felt perfect. But most of the time, you know, I'm nursing a baby. The kids are, you know, uh, squabbling at the kitchen table. There's toys all over the house. I don't, maybe, maybe I do, maybe I don't have a plan for dinner. I think this is why I started writing books to mothers to just say, hang in there. What you're doing is worth it. I know a lot of you are teetering on the edge of trying to decide what you're going to do for the education of your children. I think many of you for the very first time realizing that the eternal stakes that are at play right now when it comes to the hearts and minds of our children uh, is serious and it requires our full attention. And so I want to just encourage the moms that are listening today. Um, but before I do that, there's a question that I got over at uh, Mailbox Monday. And again, I'm going to try to I answer your questions as often as I can, for, certainly every Monday. But if they get to be too many in there, I'll do it throughout the week. And we had a listener from Illinois submit a question way back in November, and I'm just now getting to it. She said, Heidi, my family and I are newer Christians and joined a church right before the pandemic hit. I started attending a young mom's small group and realized that most, if not all the moms, are left-leaning Democrats who believe in abortion, gay marriage, and the trans movement. They've openly put down right-leaning Christians during our meetings. I love these women and want to remain friends, but I don't know how to speak up for what's right and still be accepted. Do you have any counsel? So the first thing that I I would just encourage you to do is Especially when we're talking about moms groups, um, you need to go where you're going to get encouraged and you're going to get filled up. You, you don't want to leave feeling depleted. You don't want to leave feeling like, well, there, you know, there went my whole day. Uh, we want to go to places, particularly when we were talking about Bible studies or fellowship groups and things like that, where you on, you're on the same page. And so if you can find a group that's like that, that's what I would encourage you to do. There are times when we, you know, we go into situations and we, we're there because some of our friends are there and we're trying to encourage them and uh, and whatnot. But if you're constantly feeling like you're leaving and you didn't get any encouragement at all, or worse, you felt discouraged, it's probably not the place that I would go for encouragement. I'm not saying don't be friends with those women. I'm saying if that's the place that you are, that's your sole source of encouragement, Your mo- that is your mom's group, it's probably time to find another one. And uh, the Bible says that we have written, uh, by the way, we're, we're getting ready to make some pretty big changes uh, at my women's Bible study ministry, which I'm very, very excited about. You guys are going to love it. Uh, but that is a really great place for you to get encouragement from the Word of God. You could start a, a group in your home of women that are dedicated to following Jesus and hearing how God's Word applies to every aspect of our of our lives. The Bible uh, was written to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. God knew that we would need His Word. And Honestly, I mean, I, I got to wonder as I'm reading your, your your letter, it seems to me that if you're in a church 
and the young moms group at that at that church is pro transgender and pro gay marriage. Uh, I got a feeling you're in a church that you probably shouldn't be in. I mean, if you really want to be walking with the Lord and you want your life to be directed by his word, then you should be going to a Bible-believing church. And I have talked many times on the show over the years about how to recognize a Bible-believing church. You don't recognize them by the number of people in the parking lot or how big the programs are. You recognize a Bible-believing church by whether or not that church, the pastor in particular, is willing to work his way through the Bible and just uh, and be an expositor of the Word of God. In other words, when you when you're in a church and all they can ever do is talk about social justice, or maybe they soft step what God says, or they skip it, heaven forbid, uh, that's not the right place to be. So I would probably I would really encourage you because it seems to me that if the moms group at your church is woke and left leaning, probably the church itself is woke and left leaning, and it might be time for you to try uh, a different church. I want to talk for just a moment about parenting because child training is not the most glamorous phrase in the world right now. There are a lot of people in the culture who openly oppose using this terminology uh, because they consider maybe they consider it's too harsh or it's kind of feels sort of sterile. But this is the language of the Bible. Train up your child in the way he should go. And when he's old, he won't depart, depart from it. Our children need training in everything from how to brush their teeth to how to listen for the voice of God. And I think a lot of times as mothers, we are pressured and sometimes shamed into uh, passive parenting, into you know giving our children more responsibility than they're ready for, maybe the responsibility for making decisions when they're very young that they're not ready to make. And that all comes from this idea, this modern idea in the culture right now that says that children are born you know, intrinsically wise. And if you've ever been around a two-year-old, you know. There's nothing wise about a child. When they are born, they come to us sort of as a, a blank slate. And the Bible teaches parents that it is our responsibility to train them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Now, most seasoned moms are going to admit that as they train up their children, God is also training them. And being a mother, I know this because I've been a mother for a long time, is humbling. It's sanctifying. It, it's what makes us uh, more hopefully, it makes us more like Jesus. I've told homeschool moms uh, for years and years and years. You want to find out how wicked you are? Homeschool your kids. You want to find out how completely selfish and how uh, you don't have any patience? Be a mother. Homeschool your children, and you will learn very quickly. Homeschooling is a sanctifying thing. Motherhood is a sanctifying thing. God wants to work in your life through the process of raising and nurturing a family. And it's very important. And we have different roles as men and women. And I've addressed this at the show over the years, but it seems to me that it's sort of reaching a fever pitch in the culture right now as we have moved away from the truth of the word of God. If you, uh, if you want to grow closer to the Lord in your mothering, all you got to do is take a look at yourself in the mirror and realize that the same things that you are correcting your children for, you have those issues too. In 2 Peter uh, verse uh, chapter 1, verse 3, we're told that God's word has wisdom for all manners pertaining to life and godliness. And this is absolutely true for parents. And as mothers, we have a critical part to play in the spiritual, mental, and physical well-being of our children. And just like Jesus is our good shepherd and he looks after us, God has asked us to become shepherdesses for our children. Have you thought 
of yourself that way? When was the last time you thought of yourself as a shepherdess? Years ago, uh, we used to do this thing when our ministry was relatively new called the Coffee Coterie. And I loved this. Our friend Stephen Jane Lambert would fly in from Kansas City and once a month we would get uh, our ministry team together and we'd meet in the basement of a coffee shop, which was in a what used to be a church building. And uh, we're in there. And one day Jane noticed, she was like, hey, look around you. Look what's on the walls uh, all around you. Every, every wall of that um, room that we were in. And you guys, they were pictures of shepherdesses. And as I looked at the pictures of these uh, these young women and they're in charge of, you know, these uh, huge, you know, herds of sheep, one picture in particular stood out to me. And I actually taught on this for several years out on the speaker circuit because I noticed that this young woman, this shepherdess, she reminded me an awful lot of myself. So here she was just surrounded by a little sheep, you know, bah, all over. I mean, it was noisy. Hello, mom. It was noisy. It was dirty. It was stinky. And she's got her staff with her and she's keeping her eye on the horizon, right? She's told her kids or she's told those those little sheep, hey, here's a watering hole, right? And she's trying to just corral them and move them, you know, hurting, uh, hurting kids a lot like you know, hurting cats, right? And she's has a sort of look on her face, but there was one of her little one of her little lambs that was sort of right within her line of sight, and she had her eye on that particular lamb. And if you looked very carefully at the artist's rendition of this particular animal, there was a look of sort of just uh, mischievousness, for lack of a better word, sort of mischievousness. Uh, in the eyes of this little lamb. And that little lamb's like, you know what? I'm going to wait for you to look. I'm going to wait for you to look the other way. And I'm going I'm to dart for it. I'm going to run for it. I'm going to leap, right? And I'm like, oh my word, I have a kid like that. And it just ministered to me that God has chosen me to be a shepherdess for my children. The definition of a shepherdess is a girl or a woman who, t- who herds and guards and tends sheep. And that's what you're doing as a mother, right? You're herding right? You're guarding and you're tending to your children. And I love that because our kids come to us as blank slates. It's our responsibility and it's our privilege to be among the first who will influence them for righteousness. So in the next month, in the month of February, I'm going to spend the whole month teaching you how to uh, influence your children for righteousness, body, soul, mind, and spirit. And we're going to ask the Lord together for guidance for each of our children because they are individuals. They come to us as as individuals and we need to treat them as such. And oftentimes, and I've noticed this over my many years now of mothering and shepherding my own children, what worked for one child maybe doesn't work for another. And so it requires that we are deeply invested in knowing God better through the study of his word. The Bible says that God give, gives us his word to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And listen, as parents, we need it now more than ever. Deuteronomy, you guys have all heard this verse. Uh, Deuteronomy 6 verse 7 says, You shall teach them diligently, talking about the commands of God to your sons, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And we are given a window in this verse into the way that God sees the primary role of parents. And so for context, you got to take a moment and read 
the verses before that, verses four through nine, right? Moses, who incidentally was not a gifted speaker, has given some of us, uh, has given us some of the most eloquent passages in the Bible. And he starts this well-known passage of scripture by reminding the people who God is. Moses knew the history of God's chosen people better than anyone. He knew that they were prone to worshiping other gods. And so he starts off this passage by asserting that there is only one true God, and that is the God of Israel. He alone is God, and God has entered into a covenant with the people. So listen to what he said. I'm going to read it to you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Now, often when we study the Bible, things will sort of jump out at us. They'll sort of jump off the pages. Maybe uh, it wasn't exactly what the passage was going for, but the Holy Spirit just shows you something new. It's why I love God's word. The Bible says it's alive, it's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, remember, Moses is shepherding these people. And so I was thinking about what we could learn as mothers in particular from this passage. Remember, he was speaking. Well, think about the next time you have to correct your children, which could be, you know, probably it's going to be just three minutes from now. So think about the next time you will need, you're going to need to correct your children. Moses was speaking to the weaknesses that he knew that the children of Israel had. So before he gave them instruction, he reminded them of who God was. Remember, he knew him better than anyone, just like you know your children better than anyone. And when we're giving instructions to our children, we should be prepared to give them sound theology and biblical reasons for what we're about to say. And this is exactly what Moses does here. He starts with a theological reminder. Remember, he said, the Lord, your God, your God is one. And then he proceeds to tell them how they should live, given that they belong to God. You guys, you can't pass on what you don't possess. In this passage, Moses is going to go on to remind God's people that they should not just be interested in their own attitude toward God's, but they should also be interested in their children's attitudes. He effectively was saying, hey, guys, you know what? These things that, these things that I just read, they're true. Obey them and then pass them on to your children. This is what we are instructed to do as parents, and it has never been more important than it is right now. So if you're discouraged, if you're just like, you know, I'm kind of at the end of my rope, tie a knot and hang on. And I want to encourage you to join me in the month of February. We're about uh, just about 10 days out. This is a great time to join MomStrong International and catch me on the last part of my, uh, my study in the book of Hebrews. But also, I'm going to bring uh, Dr. Mark on. I, I do some live teaching once a week, and uh, I've got the whole next month we're going to be devoted to homemaking, to child rearing, to healthy living, to all the things as it relates to Scripture, because God's Word is relevant to your life right now. And as I've said many times, the world might be in chaos, but God's people don't have to be. Your home should be a place of peace. They should be a respite for your husband uh, and your children and dad's. For those of you men who are listening to this, I know there's a, a lot of you. I so appreciate your listening. Take the time and encourage your wife today. Remind her that God chose her to be the mother for your children, and he could not have picked a better woman to do that. It's amazing when we read God's word 
and we discover that he says, our days have been ordained for us before a single one of them came to be. God knew exactly what children he was going to give you. And he knew that you would be the right, the right woman for the job, the right mother for your children. He didn't give your children to me. He didn't give my children to you. God in his wisdom, in his mercy, looked down and said, oh, this one belongs with Heidi and Jay St. John, right? So all of our kids, Savannah, Sierra, Skylar, Spencer, Summer, Sydney, and Sailor, all seven of our children, I believe, based on what we read in God's word, were uniquely assigned to me as their mother and to Jay as their father. God knows what he is doing. He has given you a tremendous responsibility in raising your children to love and serve him. And the very first thing that we are instructed to do is to instruct our children in righteousness. This is why I will never stop speaking out about the evils of what is happening in the education system towards our children, toward their hearts and their minds. Our children come to us as blank slates, and we are called to write on them statutes of God so that our children can learn to thrive within the boundaries of God's word. So join me, you guys, MomStrong International. You can also check out my series of books. I've written a whole bunch of them for Tyndale. It starts with Becoming MomStrong. I've written a book called Prayers for the Battlefield, which is really a handbook for war. I think you guys will love it. Bible Promises for Moms. Of course, there is the Becoming MomStrong Bible Study. And I have a brand new book coming out a little later on this year called MomStrong 365, Everyday Truths for Everyday Moms. Hope you guys are blessed today and encouraged to hang in there. You are the right mom for your kids and God wants to meet you right where you are. Have a great day and I will see you back here again at the intersection of faith and culture.